As many of you know, I was severely abused in my childhood, and sitting here today, I can tell you that I have completely forgiven the man who was my abuser. For this reason, I am overqualified, both as a teacher of universal truth and as a personal survivor, to talk to you about forgiveness. Many of you are confused about why I haven't taught directly about forgiveness before. The reason is that forgiveness is such an intense spiritual trap, and the way that people typically deal with forgiveness is so damaging that I would rather people not focus on it at all. One thing that people can't seem to agree on is what exactly is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the giving up of resentment or anger and the need for acquittal that is felt towards someone that you perceive has hurt you. It is experienced as a deep relief. A deep relief of tension occurs in forgiveness because you're no longer stuck on the hook of not being able to move forward in life because of what happened. You're no longer on the hook to need something like retaliation or compensation from them in order to move forward. You are no longer plagued by feelings of resentment or anger or resistance towards them. I'm going to begin this talk by giving you a definitive statement. If there's nothing else that you hear from the rest of this talk, hear this. You cannot force forgiveness. It doesn't matter how hard you want to forgive, and you can't try to forgive someone. The greatest misconception relative to forgiveness is that you can choose to forgive someone. You can just decide to do it, as if internally there's some sort of red button, and if you haven't pushed that red button yet, then you must be either intellectually challenged or enjoy somehow refusing to get over something. People want you to forgive for two reasons. The first is, it's natural to want someone to feel good. So obviously, if what they're doing is watching you feel anger, feel resentment, and need requital, it's obvious you aren't feeling good. They want to rush the process so that you feel good. The second reason is that when you feel those painful emotional states, it causes them to feel something too, doesn't it? To watch somebody in pain, it causes you negative emotion. And these people can't handle feeling their own negative feelings. To tell someone to forgive someone is actually emotional abuse. Because not only in that moment when you're saying that, are you suggesting that they shouldn't feel that way and so they need to stop feeling that way. You're shaming them for the fact that they haven't changed the way they feel already. On top of that, when you demand forgiveness from somebody, especially when it's demanding them to forgive someone who has hurt them, you actually become worse than a bystander. You become a partner of the other person's offense, and therefore, an enabler. You want to forgive for two reasons. The first reason is, it's natural to want to feel good. And like we said before, if you're feeling resentment, if you're feeling anger, if you feel like you can't move forward in some way based on something that happened, you're obviously going to want to feel differently. But the second reason is, you can't be in this state of not forgiving someone without feeling like you're a horrible person. Forgiveness is considered to be so virtuous and non-forgiveness so bad that you cannot be in a state of non-forgiveness and feel good about yourself. You feel like you have to forgive in order to maintain a positive self-concept. Now there's one scenario where this is actually flipped, and that's relative to self-forgiveness. We actually have the reverse concept relative to forgiving ourselves. We believe that to forgive yourself is to let yourself off the hook with something you really shouldn't. And we believe that there is something seriously virtuous in never forgiving yourself. 
Because if you never forgive yourself, you'll never forget, and so you'll never do it again. It's our way of creating an atmosphere of penance. The main reason that you can't force forgiveness is because a lack of forgiveness is about negative emotions. You can't just turn off a negative emotion, choose to push some red button, and then you don't feel it anymore. This isn't how emotions work. The reason they don't work this way is because emotions never, ever lie. They are always a perfect, exact reflection of a perception that you are holding. This means in order to feel differently, you have to change your perspective entirely. And this is a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Changing your perception is rarely as simple as pushing some red button and then you see everything completely differently. Take the example of somebody who's hit by a drunk driver. Let's say that when they're hit by this drunk driver, they end up paralyzed. It's not going to happen instantaneously overnight that they feel amazing and as if it was such a blessing that they are now paralyzed. It takes a hell of a lot more than just deciding to see it as a good thing in order to consider it a blessing to have been paralyzed instead of feel like it's a curse every time you have to hoist yourself into your wheelchair. Here's another thing. I cannot tell you how many people I have shaken hands with who look at me in the face and say, I've completely forgiven them. And it's complete and total BS. What it is, is bypassing and suppression through fragmentation. Spiritual bypassing is the cancer of the spiritual world. It is the cancer of religious circles. And unfortunately, bypassing goes far beyond spiritual circles. It goes into our mainstream society as well. Bypassing or whitewashing is the act of using beliefs to avoid facing or healing one's painful feelings, unresolved wounds, and unmet needs. It's a state of avoidance. Because it is a state of avoidance, it is a state of resistance. Beliefs in any spiritual tradition, and even simply societal beliefs, can provide ample justification for living in a state of inauthenticity. They can all provide justification for avoiding the unwanted aspects of one's feelings and state of being, in favor of what is considered to be a more enlightened or virtuous state of being. In today's world, we have very little tolerance for working through our pain. We much prefer instantaneous solutions that involve numbing out pain. When we use spirituality to whitewash over our issues and try to avoid them, we use the goal of spiritual transcendence to try to rise above the raw and messy and real side of human life before we have fully faced and made peace with it. This can be seen as premature and false transcendence, and it is dangerous because it sets up a major division internally. It creates a definitive split between where we really are and where we think we should be. This enables us to lie to ourselves and delude ourselves and actually interact with the world through the projection of a false self. What we do when we've been hurt is that we so often suppress, deny, and disown the aspect of ourselves that feels that hurt, that doesn't feel that resolve, that needs the things that we need in order to feel that sense of resolve. And instead we identify with some aspect of ourself that is beyond it all. Bypassing is basically like breaking your leg and going into denial about it and putting a band-aid over a compound fracture and then being really confused about why it festers. We cannot heal unless we admit to who and where we really are. So that you understand as much as you possibly can about this, I want you to watch three of my videos. Spiritual Bypassing 
The sad truth about most gurus, selective identification, and fragmentation, the worldwide disease. It takes very, very keen perception to discern whether somebody has actually forgiven, or whether they have just erected a persona that has convinced themselves that they are beyond it all, when in fact they are just suppressing, denying, and disowning the aspects of themselves that aren't over anything at all. But I'll give you a tip. People who have actually forgiven will never, ever tell you to forgive anything. Also, if someone has bypassed instead of truly forgiven, then what's going to mirror out in the world? All kinds of people who are a match to their suppressed self. All kinds of people who are super angry at them for their transcendent way of being. <laughs> when we turn away from our pain, or away from wherever we are, we actually abandon ourselves. But that's not the scariest part. It's not only that we abandon ourselves, it's also that we set ourselves up for whatever lack of resolution that we have to come up again, but bigger. It is at this point that we eventually have to face whatever it is that we actually have to face and really integrate those painful emotional states and come up with a perception that changes the perspective of our most hurt aspects, not a perspective that enables us to suppress, deny, and disown them. True forgiveness happens when all parts of us are able to move forward and feel good doing so, not just some parts of us. So all this being said, what does one actually do in order to reach a state of forgiveness? One. When you or someone else is in a state of pain because you feel hurt by someone else, get the concept of forgiveness out of your mind entirely. Forget about it. And I want you to focus on healing instead. Forgiveness implies that profound healing must take place. But what you will notice is, if you commit to that path of healing, forgiveness is something that happens spontaneously to you. It's the natural result of taking prior steps down the path towards healing. It's not something that you force. But so you understand this, we have to talk about what is healing. Everything is energy. Everything in existence is made of that same energy. Energy is simply potential energy until different patterns arise within that energy. These patterns are what dictates whether energy ultimately becomes a toothbrush or an emotion or a tree. Patterns are like the blueprint of your physical existence. Because everything is a pattern, all forms of illness are also specific patterns. To heal something is to change that pattern. Therefore, the first layer to understand about healing is that to heal is to change a pattern. It's the opposite of repetition and redundancy. So now we have to look at how to change a pattern. When something is unhealed, it is exhibiting a pattern that we don't like. Therefore, to heal is to change a pattern from something unwanted to something wanted. A pattern that is unwanted to a pattern that is wanted. This usually entails changing a pattern to its opposite. And so herein you have a very deep understanding of what healing actually is. It is to change a pattern into its opposite. I'll give you some examples. If our leg is broken, to change that pattern of broken into its opposite is to put it together slash mend it. If we feel demeaned, to heal is to feel valued. If we are abused, to heal is to be treated lovingly. If we feel powerless, to heal is to feel empowered. If we are stuck, to heal is to be able to move. Now that you understand that to heal is to experience the opposite, take a look at whatever situation made you feel hurt, whatever situation you're struggling 
with forgiveness in? What pattern is there? What opposite state are you needing to shift into? What opposite experiences are you needing to have? What would that opposite pattern be? That needs to be your focus, not forgiveness. Sometimes changing a pattern like this, like say moving from disempowerment to empowerment, is very simple. It takes the changing of one belief. Other times, as you know, it's a bit more difficult. Other times shifting a pattern into its opposite means changing many beliefs, having many different experiences, and healing several layers. If you look at somebody who is truly forgiven, you're looking at somebody who has already shifted into the opposite pattern. They're already living in that healed state of being. Here's what I mean. Let's say that you can identify that the reason that you have such crap relationships in your adult life is because of the pattern of relationship that you learned with mom and dad. Chances are, if you keep perceiving there being no healing from that, just repetition of that, you have not forgiven mom and dad. However, when you get into a wonderful relationship and when you feel really close to that person and you feel like you are experiencing the opposite, chances are you will forgive mom and dad. I've created a process which can be instrumental in healing these patterns and helping you to change frequencies from one unwanted pattern to the opposite wanted pattern. This process is called the completion process. If you want to learn this process and start applying it today, especially relative to whatever you're having difficulty forgiving, then I suggest you pick up a copy of my book that is quite literally titled The Completion Process. Two, you have got to stop resisting where you are. You've got to accept where you are instead. That means accepting the painful emotional states. That means accepting that right here in this moment you are not in a space of forgiveness. Acceptance is not about approving of where you are. Acceptance is about admitting to the reality, which is you are where you are. Instead of running from those painful feelings in the part of yourself that feels them, be completely unconditionally present with them. Listen to the very important personal truths being conveyed by each emotion. I'm going to give you a step-by-step. With each emotion, what you have to do is the following. One, you have to become aware of the emotion. Two, you have to care about the emotion in that you see it as valid and important. Three, to listen empathetically to the emotion as if genuinely trying to understand it and the message that is underneath that emotion. This allows you to feel safe to be vulnerable without fear of judgment. Seek to understand. It's not about whether all of you agrees or not. Four, to acknowledge and validate the feelings that you're having. This may include finding words to label the emotional state or words to go along with whatever sensations are occurring within the state of non-forgiveness. But when we validate an emotion, that's very different than validating a thought. Let's say that right here in this moment, you thought the thought, I am pathetic. Validating that thought doesn't look like this. You're right. I really am pathetic. It looks more like this. I can totally understand how, given the circumstances, you would see yourself as pathetic, or you would feel as if you're pathetic. Anyone else in your position would feel that way. It's to make yourself right for having the emotion instead of wrong for having the emotion. It's not about whether the thought behind it is accurate or not. Five, allow yourself to feel how you feel and experience the emotion 
fully before you move on to any kind of resolution. What you need to do is to give yourself and other people space to be able to be ready to and choose with their free will to move up the vibrational scale relative to their emotions. Essentially, this is a step where we are completely unconditionally with our emotions instead of trying to fix them. Six, after and only after we have fully felt and accepted and validated our emotions. This is the point where we can actively seek ways to improve the way we feel. Basically, this is the step where you find new ways to look at something that inevitably changes the way you feel about the situation. Oftentimes when we are accepting a reality that is painful for us to accept, a reality that we've been fighting against, which is the opposite of acceptance, it's natural for us to feel a sensation of grief. So often when we experience a lack of forgiveness for somebody, it's because we feel like there is something that we have lost in that experience. So understandably, grief is only a natural emotion to feel. And grief is not something that you can force yourself through either. It is a process you have to allow to unfold within you. For example, I perceived that I had lost my whole childhood and would never get it back due to my childhood abuser. In my case, in order to heal, I had to grieve for that lost childhood. Here's another thing. Most of us have made certain emotional states so bad and wrong that we actually prevent people from healing in any way. We make feelings of revenge, feelings of anger, feelings of fury so wrong that a person can't actually move up the vibrational scale into a state of forgiveness. We just keep forcing them back into a state of powerlessness. I'll give you an example. In my childhood, I had to imagine, and the only way to improve the way that I felt actually towards the whole situation, was to imagine burning this man alive. I had to imagine burning my entire childhood to the ground over and over and over until I was ready to accept the fact that there was nothing I could do to erect that childhood. I had to move forward from where I was with what I had. So that you can understand in detail more about this, I want you to watch a few of my videos. The first is accept it, the key to letting go. The second is when the only way to be okay is to not be okay. And the third is how to deal with anger. If we spend our life resisting what happened, which is what we're actually doing when we can't accept something that has happened, we are donating all of our energy towards resisting what was instead of putting our energy towards what we want instead. Three, forgiveness occurs when we can actually change the perspective that our most hurt aspect holds relative to the situation. Now the fun thing is these perspectives that could change the way we see things overnight are absolutely everywhere. It's important to do this work with perspectives in a way where the perspectives that we're adding aren't ones that suggest that we shouldn't be holding the perspective that we're currently holding. I'll give you an example. Say that I felt hurt by my mother. If somebody was to come along and say, you, you know, your mother had a worse childhood than you did. And really she did the best that she could. Yes, that's one perspective, but that perspective is a shaming perspective. That perspective suggests I shouldn't have the perspective that I have. So what we're looking to do with these perspectives is not to find a perspective that invalidates our own, but to find a perspective that simply improves the way that the most hurt aspect of us feels towards the situation. 
the perspective that's going to change the way we feel is going to change or be different for each person and for each situation. After years of being on the healing path, this situation happened to me personally. I had a memory. It wasn't a suppressed memory. It was just a memory that I hadn't looked at in the same way. When I was young, my childhood abuser was particularly triggered by strong wind. Whenever the wind would blow really fiercely, he would start to behave very strangely and then I would be sodomized, which was not a thing he would normally do to me. After he would sodomize me, he would look really upset and he would get up and run off, but I usually didn't know where he went. One day, when he performed this sodomization act, I actually watched him run off into a field. When I was watching him in the field, he was sitting on his hands and knees, and he was crying hysterically and rocking back and forth. And what happened to me on that day, when I had that memory, is I realized what was happening. It was a trigger. See, I had been in recovery from traumatic childhood situations long enough to understand triggers by that point. I could see his trigger. Now what I was watching was not a monster of a human being. What I was watching is a man who was so desperate that he had actually managed to do the one thing he needed most, which was to pull somebody else into his hell because he was completely alone and desperate and not knowing how to get out of that space. What really changed this for me is that I was experiencing that same desire. When you go out into the world after a kind of childhood that I had, it doesn't feel like you can fit in. It feels like hell to sit there watching people smile. It feels like hell to watch them fit into their families. It feels like you're the only one that can't have any type of a connection with somebody because nobody's ever going to relate to the level of pain or where you live your life emotionally and mentally. So I had on multiple occasions thought about how badly I wanted people to just experience whatever it was that I had experienced so that they would understand me. And when I understood that my childhood happened based on a man being in that emotional state, I could no longer consider him other than me. I realized that he had actually succeeded in making somebody completely understand where he was. And based off of understanding where he was, I could not want punishment on him at any point. So that one thought, that one perspective, actually broke through my entire paradigm of anger and resentment or need for anything from him. It broke through to such an extreme degree that I was in tears. And from that day forward, my entire mentality towards my childhood shifted. To bring healing to people like him became the biggest part of my mission on this planet, to heal those places of suffering that both of us had experienced so intensely. And I could see, based off of that one perspective shifting, that if I hadn't gone through that type of experience, I would be a fourth of the teacher that I am today. Why? Because I would have so much of this transcendent spiritual information with absolutely no idea how to connect that spiritual information with a state of pain that makes it so that spiritual information sounds like complete and total BS. So, not only in that moment, that one shift of perspective, was I able to completely forgive him. Also what happened is, I actually felt a sense of gratitude for what happened, based off of seeing how it fit into the overall, let's call it, purpose of my life. But here's the thing. If you had suggested that perspective to hold towards him before I was ready, before I felt really validated in how hurt I was, I couldn't have heard you. It would have done the opposite 
That's like trying to force a paraplegia to get up and run a week after the accident. Four, compassion and empathy. Now, this is not something that can be forced. It is not something that should ever be done prematurely, and it is abusive to ask somebody to feel empathy and compassion towards somebody who has hurt them. That is not your job. It's basically to ask a person to open their heart to someone who is kicking it. This has to be something a person genuinely wants to look for, not so that they can feel like a good person or do what's right, but because they are ready to stop the terrible feeling of tension that the resentment and need for acquittal creates. Compassion is a form of connectedness because it arises when we feel a sympathetic commonality with someone else. It happens when we experience a shared sensation of pain. There is a harmony inherent in shared feelings. When we feel the same thing that someone else feels, it is impossible for us to consider them as other than us. It forces identification. But in this case, that forced identification creates unification instead of separation. Having a shared commonality of pain and therefore sorrow and concern for them compels us to alter our perspective and feelings and actions towards that thing. Think back to a time where you may have watched a movie and there was a villain or a bad guy in the movie, some controversial character that most people would be like, oh, I can't stand that. Think back. When you watched this character, did you relate to their pain in some way? And based off of relating to their pain in some way, did you see that person through a different lens than other people might have seen them? Did you see them as the villain anymore? Did you push them away? Or in that moment, did you feel some sort of resonance with that character? This is compassion. Compassion immediately arises when someone experiences pain that we relate to. Therefore, all you must do in order to cultivate empathy and compassion within yourself is to look for how you relate to their pain. And this changes not only our perspective about them, our feelings towards them, but also the actions we take relative to this person. To understand more about this and in depth, you can watch my video titled Compassion and How to Cultivate Compassion. Five, gratitude or appreciation. Just like the step before this one, this is not something that can be forced and it should never be done prematurely. And this is the thing that I see in spiritual circles being done the very most is that when somebody experiences something painful, the first place somebody goes to in a bypassy way is everything comes to bless you. If you try to get someone to feel appreciation or gratitude towards somebody who has hurt them or a situation that has hurt them prematurely, this is abuse. What this is, is to tell somebody to kiss the hand that slaps them or else they should feel crappy about how not evolved they are. Often, just like the previous steps, this step happens naturally as the result of previous steps that are being taken. Now, this step of gratitude, a person has to be completely ready for. But this is the step where we start to see that this larger universal truth that everything that comes to us does come to bless us might actually be accurate. As long as we're not doing this prematurely, this is the step where we start to see how the situation has added to our life instead of taken away. This is the step where we experience what positive possibly came out of it 
and even the positive in the person who we feel has hurt us. Six, eventually we face the step of forgiveness that is called the refusal to forgive, which just like all the previous steps and sensations is a perfectly natural and usually something that happens state of being. Resentment is a huge part of forgiveness. We can't be fully conscious about resentment without being conscious about the subconscious positive intention below it. It is a refusal to forgive. Letting go of forgiving gives most people the feeling that they simultaneously have to let go of the unmet need to be treated fairly and justly in a way that creates trust. Therefore, it feels like self-betrayal. And so, in order to honor their pain as well as their need to have just and fair treatment, they will not forgive. Resentment, essentially, is like a wall that a person uses to protect themselves and try to get their needs met. A person often keeps resentment as a protection and a reminder that says, no one will ever treat me like this again. It's basically a form of boundary that we erect when we've been hurt by someone. It also may be said that there is often a situation where people have been hurt, especially if they've been abused, right? Where the self-concepts get so corroded that you're desperate to find any way to feel good about yourself, and then the only way that you can feel good about yourself as a person is to be in the victim role. Why? Because society sees the victim as the good guy and the perpetrator as the bad guy. So a lot of times we can get trapped relative to forgiveness because our only way of feeling like we are a good person is to stay in that role of being a victim. This is also a way of staying socially safe. There's this feeling that if somebody has hurt you, then they have to make it up to you somehow. This makes us safer in our intimate relationships because it means that somebody's indebted to us. If somebody has to make it up to you that they've done something bad to you, then they're on the hook already. It's almost like you're saying, yeah, you can't do anything else bad to me. And that makes us feel safer. If you're indebted to me in some way, I'm now safer than I was before. So oftentimes we don't forgive because we have trapped people in this make it up to me mentality so as to stay safe in the relationship. If you distrust somebody because they treated you unfairly, it is quite common for you to take control in this way through guilt. For this reason, I want you to ask yourself this question honestly. What bad thing am I afraid would happen if I were to forgive the person I feel resentment toward today, or if I forgave myself for my role in the situation? For example, perhaps the answer might be, if I forgive him or her, I make what they did to me okay, and it isn't okay. Or if I forgive him or her, they will not know how much they hurt me, so they'll do it to me again. Or if I forgive him or her, I'm being like a human punching bag or doormat that's pathetic. Or if I forgive him or her, I'll never receive the justice and fair treatment that I need. Then question this perspective. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Resentment, How to Let Go of Resentment. The anger and the resentment and the expectation or need for requital that you feel is perfectly natural. And yes, everybody in your situation would feel exactly the same way. But there comes this very important day in your life where you realize that that anger and the resentment and that constant need for requital, which is something which is completely out of your control, is like a poison that is eating you from within. And holding on to that poison, instead of trying to do something, in order to move beyond it, 
It's like swallowing poison thinking it will hurt the other person. It never will. You must know that people are always being intrinsically led in the direction of their expansion. This means that all people are being intrinsically led in the direction of healing. This means that if you're in a space of lack of forgiveness, all of you are being intrinsically led in the direction of forgiveness. This means you do not have to force people to forgive, and you don't have to force yourself to forgive. It is inevitable that if you keep putting one foot in front of the other on this path of healing, which is to change what you have experienced into its opposite state, it is absolutely unavoidable to forgive. But for fun, you can ask yourself the following question. What do I need in order to let go of this situation? Or what do I need in order to forgive this situation? What can I do with what I have from where I am? When you forgive somebody, it is as if you are setting a prisoner free from jail, only to figure out that you were that prisoner all along. And forgiveness is always the natural result of completely changing a perspective that you hold about something. And here's one today. If you remove yourself from a limited point of view of pain, you will see that we are all just the victims of victims. And you cannot force forgiveness because you can't force healing. Forgiving is not forgetting. You cannot lie to yourself forever that you are where you aren't. You can't will yourself into forgiving just because you know it would be a much better place to be. Forgiveness is healing the state of pain in your own life. You have not fully forgiven until you are at the point where you can find genuine approval for it having happened to the degree that there is nothing left to forgive. And this perspective is something that all people have the capacity dormant within them to reach. It is a perspective that they inevitably will reach if we would just be willing to step back long enough to allow that process to unfold within them so that they can reach that perspective. Have a good week.